opportunity that we have to continue to come and just hear your word and learn and grow, Lord, in the things of your um, word and spirit, Lord. Father, I just ask you for a fresh anointing to minister your words to your people, Lord, and I just ask you, Lord, um, just open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts, Lord. Help us to be receptive to receive everything you have for us tonight. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that the, the flame of God, Lord, um, faith would be ignited within us, Lord, Lord, that that flame would be fanned tonight by your word and spirit, Lord. Lord, that just um, something would click, Lord, that the light bulb would go on, Lord, so that we can walk, Lord, in, in faith, Lord, in you being our provider and in the provisions that you have for us. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Hallelujah. Um, so yeah, so tonight we're talking about Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. I'm sure, and I'm going to ask, how many of you have ever experienced God providing something supernaturally for you? Okay, so I love, um, you know, when we're spending time with the Lord in prayer or we're really believing God for something, um, something that he's always reminded me to do is to bring back to his remembrance the things that he's done or things that he has said. It actually helps me to remember that God's faithful, amen, and that he doesn't change. And so it's really good when you're believing God for something, remember, reflect back on all the good things that God has done for you. And um, it really just builds your faith and puts your trust back in the Lord and get your eyes as off eyes is off the circumstance, <laughs> off the situation, and get your eyes focused upon the Lord. The name Jehovah Jireh was first seen in Genesis 22, 14, um, right around there. And we're going to start with verse um, 12. We know the story. Abraham is bringing Isaac out of obedience as a sacrifice to the Lord, Okay. And he has absolute assurance because this was a supernatural child to begin with. And God had made a promise to him that he was going to be the uh, father of many nations. So Isaac was the beginning of the fulfillment of this promise. And then here God's asking for him. And, and Abraham had absolute faith that God would provide a sacrifice. Even if that meant God would provide the raising of his son, he knew God was the provider. And so when Isaac asked him, Lord, where's the sacrifice, or Father, where's the sacrifice? He's like, the Lord will provide. <laughs> and he didn't give him the inside scoop as to what the Lord was asking. So anyways, he said, um, Abraham um, got called out to, he was just about to lay his hand on Isaac, had the knife above him to kill his son. And at that moment, the angel of the Lord uh, called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Abraham replied, I'm here. Don't lay a hand on your boy. The angel said, don't hurt him in any way, for I know now that you truly fear God and you have not withheld even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked and he saw a ram caught in with its thorns in the thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed and, and um, gave it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named this place Yahweh or Jehovah Jireh. To this day, the people use um, that name as a proverb on the mountain of the Lord, and it says it will be provided. Jehovah Jireh means God will provide. Amen. And so I just love that. I love that story because even in the face of what looks like absolutely impossible, 
God can make a way. And so that's what I'm asking, you know, have you experienced that, God making a way where it was just impossible? And, you know, um, a lot of times when we think about that, our minds go to the financial, and, and, and I'm, I love the Lord, and, and I can't even uh, fathom some of the things that he has done for us in the financial realm, but it's not, it doesn't just stop there. You know, I'm talking about peace in the middle of a storm where it seems like there's no natural reason you should have peace, God provides peace. Or joy when things are looking so glum and so dim, yet for some reason the joy of the Lord that is your strength rises up from within you. God provides the things that we need above and beyond the natural. Amen. Not just the natural, but into the supernatural, the realm of the spirit. Amen. And so we're just looking at God as our provider. And so in this story, God gives a ram um, caught in the thicket as a substitute sacrifice. So like I said, when we're thinking of God providing for us, a lot of times our minds, because we're focused sometimes a lot on the things that we need here now, um, our minds go to jobs, family, friends, um, church abilities, um, our minds go to answered prayers. Um, and these things are all significant. They're all meaningful. And absolutely, God provides these things. But too often, like I said, we stop there. And um, we stop short of the, the reality of how far-reaching God's provision is in our lives. It's not, it doesn't just stop with the natural. It doesn't just stop with our families. It can go into the the um, the mind and and into the emotions and into the spiritual things. God's provision covers every single facet of our lives. Amen. So let's turn to Matthew six, um, verse twenty-five. We'll start off. And I just believe that this word is just going to be a reminder. I know it's stuff we might know. A reminder and an encouragement to us to fix our eyes on our provider, Jehovah Jireh. Amen. Stop looking at those circumstances. Stop looking at the things that seem too um, impossible because with God, all things are possible. And that's why we learned last week, dare to believe. So verse 25 of chapter 6 of Matthew, this is why I tell you, don't worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to drink, food or drink, or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food or your body more than clothing? In other words, don't stop at the natural. Don't stop there. Isn't your life more than that? So let's not stop there and look into the Lord to be our provider. Let's look to the Lord to be the provider of our peace, of our joy, of patience when we feel like we have none, you know. Um, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you far more valuable than they are? Of course. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? No. So why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not even dressed as beautifully as they are. As they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and gone tomorrow and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So God wants us to put our trust in him when it comes to any care, any concern, any worry. He wants us to look to him as our provider. 
So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all that you need. So don't let that be your focus. In Colossians 3, verses 1 through 3, he says, you have a new life now. Focus on things above and not on the things of this earth. Focus on heavenly things where Christ sits at the right hand of the Father. That's where our supply is going to come from anyways, right? He says in uh, verse 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and then he'll just give you what you need. It will be supplied for. It will be provided for. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow brings its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Amen. (laughs) So God does not want us to be so consumed or so concerned with the things that we need in this life, the way that we're going to get and be fulfilled in this life and get all the things that are needed is by seeking him. Because if you're so um, focused on the things of the kingdom of heaven and spending time with him while you're up there in heaven worshiping God before the throne room of God, you're going to get an impartation by the Spirit of God, of the things that you need, whether that be joy, whether that be peace, whether that be uh, healing or binding up of your broken heart, whether that be correction or instruction or, or, you know, direction for your life. Amen? Before the service, actually, I saw a vision. Um, I was worshiping God before the throne room and just in my office. And it caught me kind of funny because I know that you all go before the throne room of God, I, I, I would pray, and um, just spend time with the Lord. And I'm up before the throne room just using my sanctified imagination to actually see myself at the kneeling before the throne of Jesus. And, and I'm worshiping God. And all of a sudden I see Holly. And there she is. She just has her hands up in the air, and she's worshiping God. And I was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> my, that was my thought. I'm like, this is my time, you know. But there she is. And I just thought that was funny. But, Holly, I saw your hands raised up in the air, and I just hear in the spirit, like, um, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but, like, God is imparting unto you because of just like seek ye first the kingdom of God um, and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you because your focus is on the kingdom of heaven and just worshiping God and lavishing your love upon the Lord. He's lavishing his love upon you and he's releasing to you like a Midas touch is what I heard. It's like a Midas touch. It's like a blessing to be a blessing because of just, you don't, you don't need it. You don't want it. But he's just giving it to you anyways to be a blessing because you're just being a blessing to him by worshiping him. Amen. So, um, so in these verses, Jesus shows us that one end of the spectrum, the natural things that we, we concern ourselves with. And, and, you know, if I were to ask you, what are you believing God for to provide for you? Most of us would say something natural. And it just is what it is. But God wants us to be focused on a little more than that, like what he showed me regarding Holly. He wants us to be so consumed and so focused on loving on the Lord that he just automatically can't help himself but give us the desires of our heart. That, that we're so consumed with seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness that we don't even have to worry about all these things that are on our prayer list that they just start automatically just getting answered because of a supernatural impartation from heaven. Yeah. 
Isn't that where we get our supply anyways? Philippians 4.19 says, For God supplies all of our needs. Where? From according to his riches and glory. Do we think that he has any kind of lack regarding body parts, regarding peace, regarding finances, regarding a forgiveness or anything else that we need an impartation of? He's got it. So where are you going to get it? You're going to get it at the throne room of God. Amen? It's not about us praying, praying, praying to try to get something. Go ahead. You're welcome to enter into the throne room of God. Come into the throne room boldly, he says. It's our house. It's our inheritance. So go into that throne room boldly and receive whatever it is that you need. For it's... It's God who supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. So we really have absolutely no reason to worry, no reason to fear when it comes to the supply of our needs. And that what he's trying to get us to realize is he clothes the lilies of the field. He, he feeds them, he, he, he waters them, and, and they don't work for it. I mean, like, it's just comes naturally from a loving father to his creation. And are we not more valuable than they are, the inheritance, the, the, the children, the sons and daughters of God? So he wants to take care of us, so we should have absolutely no doubt whatsoever that he is our provider. And so that's why Abraham was called the father of faith. He had no doubt that God would provide what it was that he was promising that God would provide a way to keep his promise to him regarding Isaac, whether that's I'm going to take his life and then he's going to raise him from the dead or, or whatever it means that God's going to provide something. And so our trust needs to be really in God. And um, how many of you know that God's always right on time? Sometimes it almost seems like a little too late, but then he sees us through. <laughs> Um, he's always on time. And so Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. We see that that's what Abraham was doing. He was trusting in the Lord that no matter what it looked like, no matter if, if it looked like God wasn't providing, if, if it didn't look like in the natural that there was going to be the provision for a sacrifice, or maybe it doesn't look like in the natural that things are going to work out uh, financially, or maybe it doesn't look like in the natural that you should or could have peace in the middle of what you're going through, but God has everything that you need in every facet of your life, spirit, soul, body, mind. He has everything. So he wants us to put our trust in him and let him lead and guide and direct our steps. Amen. If I just gave you a few minutes, and it'd be good for you anyways, um, but if I gave you a few minutes, and I encourage you to do this on your own, just a few minutes thinking about how many times God has come through for you and provided I'm sure that just within five minutes of just meditating on that, you'd be able to write down a dozen at least. Um, does that mean that there's been um, nothing negative in your life? Absolutely not. But that's the problem is sometimes we're so focused on the negative and we give so much glory to what the enemy has tried to do in our lives. We've, we're given the wrong person glory and that doesn't give God permission to move in our lives. 
The reason God counted Abraham as faithful is he trusted him, even though some things were going on in his life, even though it looked um, difficult. He trusted God. And that's what moves God is faith. Faith is what moves God. And so God wants us to have faith that he will provide. Don't trust in your thinking. Don't trust in the circumstance. Don't trust in the natural and how things look. Definitely don't trust in how things feel because it's absolutely the opposite of faith. Sometimes feelings come and usually it's after you've gotten the victory, okay? But don't trust in that. Some trust in horses, some in chariots, <laughs> but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. Why? He is Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. And we know that he has everything we need. So why trust in anything else? Who, who here, no, you don't have to raise your hand, but sometimes we might be like a Sarah and we try to help God out. <laughs> How many of us have messed things up a little bit or delayed some things of God because we've tried to help God out, you know? Oh, God said he'd buy, you know, bless us with a house, and then we get into the wrong deal because we didn't get the go-ahead from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> or, or, you know, um, we try to, I'm not even going to go into, there's so many more examples of us being able to help God out in situations, and we didn't handle it right the right way because we didn't wait on the Lord about it. So... We need to trust in the Lord and not in our own understanding. In John 3.16, this is a huge way that we need to like divert from just the natural provisions of the Lord. We know the scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave the biggest provision that you could ever receive. He gave his one and only son that whoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. No matter what, this is the biggest thing that could ever take place in your life is you being provided a savior on your behalf. Someone who would die for your sins so that you don't have to live with the consequences. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. So that's the major provision and the major thing that he has done for us because he loves us so much. In John 10.10, you know, it talks about the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. What is that? It's God the provider. Have it more abundantly. He has come. So if anything's good and perfect, it's coming from God. And if it's not good and it's not perfect and it's trying to kill, steal, and destroy from your life, it's not from God. Okay? So, so realize that God's the one who's causing everything good and perfect in your life. He's the one who's providing the good. And he wants us to focus on that because the enemy is the one who's providing the other junk. And he doesn't want us to focus on that. Amen? So I've come that you might have life and have it more, have it to the full. And so that's God's provision. When we say Jehovah Jireh, we say the Lord will provide. And we can be certain that's true because God doesn't lie. Amen? God does not lie. If he said, I supply all your needs according to my riches and glory, and he's not going to lie about that. So we need to be dependent on that and not on what we feel, not on what things look like, um, and not at looking at the natural, but looking to the spirit 
and going in the spirit and spending time with God and just focus on him. And then your eyes become so aware spiritually um, speaking, but then it kind of affects your natural, you know, way of thinking and stuff like that. But if you focus on him, you start realizing how big God is. You start, if you start focusing on all that he has done in your life, you start realizing, well, God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he did that for me then, he certainly can do it for me now. Amen? Because we all raise our hands that God has provided for us at some time or another. Jesus is our great provision that God supplied for us. Hallelujah. And God provides so much more than the natural. In Exodus 16, verse 4, the Lord's speaking to Moses regarding, you know, just some examples from the Old Testament regarding um, the provision that he had for the people. Um, they're starting to complain. God already provided them a way out of slavery. And, uh, and maybe God already provided you a way out of bondage or a way out of sin, um, or a way out of, you know, death, hell, and the grave. And God's already provided for us, but yet, through Jesus, but yet somehow when we face these natural little things, such as a little uh, less food, the kind we like in our refrigerator, or a job that pays a little less than we would like, or this or that, uh, we might sometimes be like the Israelites and complain. Because we're not focused on the good we're focused on what we don't have. And so this is what's happening um, with the Israelites with, um, regarding Moses. And Moses goes before the Lord, and the Lord responds, Look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you each day. People can go out and pick as much food as they want <laughs> for that day. I'm going to test them in this, though, and see whether they follow my instructions. So he tells them they can pick it up, you know, every day, daily. Don't, don't stash enough for the entire week, to do it daily. Um, some people were disobedient. And then in verse uh, chapter 17, 5 and 6, it says, so now the people are whining and complaining about um, water. Okay? And so for us, that could be complaining about a job or complaining about a, a family situation or complaining about this or that. But we need to reflect, has God seen us through different situations and the answer is always probably going to be yes so focus on that and just start thanking the Lord he's your provider of of peace in the storm or he's your provider of joy um, in the midst of sorrow um, that he's just your provider of everything you need the Lord answers Moses go out in front of the people take with you some elders of Israel take your hand um, in your staff um, which you struck the Nile with and go, and I will stand before you by the rock of Herob, the rock, um, and strike the rock, and out of it will come water for the people to drink. Oh, well, that's something that's totally impossible. Water doesn't just come out of a rock. And God's just showing and revealing here, whether it's raining manna down from heaven, quail from heaven, water out of a rock, He's saying, I'm your source, I'm your provider, both in the natural and the things of the spirit. I'm your deliverer. I'm everything. Won't you just stop and look at me? Just come and, and, and be with me and stop worrying about these things that you need because I provide all you need according to my riches and glory. Um, so it's really it's really important to see how quickly the Israelites are kind of a 
kind of there for our example, um, how quickly they forget God being their provider. And so the same thing goes for us sometimes, how quickly we forget God provided the Israels a, a way out of bondage, and he provided us through Jesus a way out of bondage. He provided deliverance. He provided healing upon the cross. By Jesus' stripes you were healed. Amen? And so through Jesus, God provided pretty much everything that we would need to live this life, but so often our minds are set on the natural. God is our provider. And, and, and the Israelites should have, and God got angry with them, and the Israelites should have trusted God as their provider. He, they should have reflected and looked back on the fact that he was their protector, their deliverer, um, and provided, you know, grace and strength to make it through um, with all those livestock and family and, and all that. Like, it's just a miracle that they got through and, and that they were delivered. And so we need to sometimes think back and look at, the Lord is our provider and how he saw us through different things and, and never uh, get into grumbling and complaining because God will do it again. Just got to focus on the good. In Psalms 23, 5, the Lord says, or the word says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. So no matter what you're facing, God's provisions are there for you. And here he's like, I'm in your presence, and, and you know, and you're, I'm, even though I'm facing stuff, even though the enemy is, has, you know, marked me, even though he's trying to attack, your provision is there for me, and you're anointing me. And my cup's overflowing with what? With provisions, with peace, with joy, with grace, with strength, with impartation, with anointing that destroys every yoke of bondage and sets me free. See, there is an enemy out there, and he does try to come to kill, steal, and destroy, but never mind that. I've come that you might have life, and life more abundantly. His provision is there to have life no matter what it looks like. Psalms 3.3 says, But you, O Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory. You are the one who holds my head high. That's provision. That's provision in the midst of a storm. Provision of a shield, provision of protection um, with, with stuff we face in this world, provision of peace that guards our hearts and minds, that our eyes would be fixed on Jesus so that we can have peace in the midst of storms that are all around us. He's the one who holds our head up high when we're faced with difficult circumstances in this life. He didn't say there wouldn't be trouble. In, in other words, he did say, he said, in this world there will be trouble. But never mind it. Because I've overcome it. So he's the provider of deliverance, of freedom. He's the lifter of our heads. He's our provider. In Psalms 18.2, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my savior, my God. He's my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me and places me in safety. Amen.
That's just David reflecting on the goodness of God. Was he faced with some difficulties? Yeah. He had the king out for him, trying to kill him. In different times in his life, he, he uh, made major mistakes and, and felt guilt and shame, embarrassment. I'm sure we've been there too. But yet, he realized that God was his deliverer. God was his provider. God was his constant. And that's what we need to realize is we may face difficulty in this life, but Jesus overcame the world. He got the keys of death, hell, and the grave. So there's really nothing we need to worry about. But if we'll just focus our attention upon the Lord. He'll supply all we need according to his riches and glory. Stop looking at that as a financial thing. It's an everything thing. (laughs) All we need, whether that's peace. If I need peace, I got to go into his throne room because he supplies all I need. If I need joy because I'm going through a, a bit of sorrow, he supplies all I need. Get into his throne room. If I do need a financial breakthrough, he provides that too. Go ahead. And he provides all we need. Amen? In, and with that being said, he doesn't always just give a handout. He may give you wisdom. He may give you direction. He may open up a door for a great job. When he provides, he's going to do it sometimes through people, and, and sometimes he's going to do it through direction or jobs or what, whatever you can set your hand to. He says he would bless. And so we need to realize that when we're, we're asking the Lord for something, if he tells us and gives us direction, don't be so stubborn and sit. Don't be so stubborn. God's trying to give you breakthrough. This is for somebody. God's trying to give you breakthrough, and so... Go into that throne room and know that God supplies all you need according to his riches and glory. And then when he gives you that instruction or he gives you that open door or he tells you to uh, forgive so that you can be forgiven or whatever it is he's trying to provide for you, what you're asking, sometimes it doesn't come exactly how we want it. But if we'll be obedient like Abraham, we'll see that provision come. We'll see that breakthrough come. Amen. I love 2 Peter 1.3. It says, seeing that his divine power has granted unto us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. God has given us everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness. There's nothing he hasn't already supplied for. according to his riches and glory. There's an unlimited supply that Jesus made available to us. He has given us the divine power that has granted us the permission to come into that throne room where we can receive every single thing that we need. Now, if you're not going to go into his throne room, then that is you not going into that storehouse and you not receiving those things that you need. You can go ahead and try your hardest to worry that thing into existence, and it is not going to work. And you cannot blame God if that's how you're trying to do it. Telling it like it is. (laughs) So what is it you need from God? Because he has it all. He can provide it for you. You need to look to him and not to your own abilities. Don't be like Abraham and Sarah and try to work it out. You'll cause a problem. Don't look to your own circumstances 
whether or not you'll receive something. Don't look to your job or to how much is in the bank account. Don't look at your family situation and, and, and think it's impossible because with God, all things are possible. All things. Amen. All things. Look at the Israelites. Who, who can part a Red Sea? Who can cause manna and quail to rain down from heaven and water from a rock? God, that's who. And that's who we serve. Amen. So to doubt and worry concerning anything is to say, I don't believe you're Jehovah Jireh. So you see how he kind of can get offended there. <laughs> he says, don't worry. Don't doubt. I clothe the lilies of the fields. I feed the birds. Worry and doubt is, 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 is a sin. So he's like, don't worry in James 1.5. He says it again. Don't worry. Don't waver in your faith. He who wavers is like a wave of the sea that is tossed by the wind. Let that man not think he'll receive anything from the Lord. Does it mean that God's not our provider? No. It's just that you're not in faith enough to enter into that place that you can receive from the kingdom of heaven. It's there for all of us. We are the children of God. We have the permission to come into the throne room of God, to go and to feast. With. He has a table prepared before you in the presence of your enemies. You can go ahead because you're part of his family, open up his refrigerator, and take whatever it is that you desire. That's how accessible it is because it's your inheritance. But if we're going to decide to sit around and worry and waver, he says, if you're like a wave of the sea that's blown and tossed by the wind, let that man not think he'll receive anything from the Lord. See, if you're in waver mode and you're not in faith, you're not going to go in and just worship him and praise him as if you already have the answer. Because someone who praises the Lord and is thanking the Lord that he's their provider and he's their supplier knows that he already has the supply and they're not concerned or worried that God's going to work it out for them. Your father, this is the great thing, and you can have faith. Your father already knows what you have need of before you ask. He does. But what he wants is you to cooperate with him. He wants you to act in faith. And he wants you to come into that throne room boldly and receive. He wants you to trust him as your provider, Jehovah Jireh, just like Abraham. In Matthew 6, 31 through 33, again, he says, don't worry. I'm just repeating it. Don't worry then saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? In other words, don't worry about these things in this natural life. For Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, but your Father knows that you need these things. Instead, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So don't concern yourself so much with the things that you need here in this life. Focus on the things of the kingdom of heaven. And then while you're so focused on that stuff, an impartation of the things you need down here on earth will be supplied for. Try it. It happens. It happens. All of a sudden, wisdom for something that you weren't even seeking is, is, is imparted unto you. 
all of a sudden joy in the middle of what looks like despair is provided for you. All of a sudden peace in what it looks like the middle of a storm, probably the worst storm in your life, that all of a sudden you couldn't worry if you wanted to. I've seen all this stuff happen. It's when you're focused on him, just like the scripture, and on his kingdom, he provides what it is you need most in that time. He's more than just the supplier of our bank accounts. Way more. He's the provider of life, eternal life, and life more abundantly. Amen? We got to remind ourselves, um, James 1.17 says, Whatever is good, whatever is perfect comes down to us from the Father above who created everything, all the lights in heaven. He never changes or casts or changes with a shifting shadow. He just doesn't change. So if you all raised your hand that God's provided at some point in your life, God hasn't changed from that point. So if he's provided for you before, if he's worked something out before, or if he's given you peace in the midst of a storm before, or if he's given you joy in the middle of sorrow, if he's turned some things around for you and made things good, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he will do the same thing for you again. But we just need to put our trust and hope in him. Amen? Hallelujah. Matthew 6, 8. Remember, your father knows what you have need of before you ask, and he is more than willing to give it to you. He's more than willing to give it to you. Just ask your provider. Look to him as your provider. Ask him for what you need with your faith being in him and not in anything else. Do you need peace? Do you need joy? Do you need God to work out a situation in your family? Do you need financial provision? Do you need wisdom? Jehovah Jireh, our God, our provider, will supply according to his riches and glory. He has all wisdom. He has all blessing. He has all the peace. He has all the joy. He has everything that we need. And he's ready to give it. But we have to have faith and come into his throne room and just Worship him and seek him and focus on him. Not because we have need, but just because we love him. And in the midst of that, he starts imparting and supplying according to his riches and glory. He'll give you what you need. We're not loving on him because we need something. We're just getting, getting carried away with him and in the middle of that, if you're seeking him first, he suddenly starts adding all these things unto us. This life is more than just the stuff that we need or stuff that we live with. John 16, 24, until, you, until now you've asked for nothing in my name, but ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. He's a good, good father. He wants us joyful. He wants us filled with joy. And it's really exciting when you can testify of the Lord's goodness. It is exciting to say, God, look what God has done. You're bragging on the Lord. Look what the Lord has done for me. 
sometimes in the presence of your enemies, sometimes when it was absolutely impossible in the natural. Look what the Lord has done. So he says, ask, and you'll receive, and your joy will be full. Ask, and don't waver. Just have absolute trust that he is going to give it. Now, don't put a timeline on him. Just know that you know that you know. Just like Abraham, he had absolute assurance that God was faithful, that he would provide what he promised. Amen? Don't worry. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. He's your provider. Trust that he has every single thing that you need. And don't fear approaching him. Don't fear approaching his throne room, um, whether it seems like your situation is too big, whether it seems like your situation is too small that he wouldn't be concerned. Don't fear, but he says come into his throne room boldly. Bold is, is opposite of fear. Have assurance that this is your inheritance to come into his throne room boldly. In his throne room, you receive mercy and forgiveness, strength and grace. Just come into there boldly knowing that he can give you every single thing that you need. Amen? Hallelujah. I hope that encouraged you tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, I want to encourage you. Get into the throne room of God. Get into his presence. Let him show you some things. Let him reveal his heart to you. Whether that's for somebody else, to be a blessing to somebody else. He wants to use you as a vessel. Amen? It's not always about us. He blesses us to be a blessing. Amen? I was in the throne room for me, and then God shows me about Holly. Come on. <laughs> I want that impartation. It's not just about us. It's just about loving on God, and then he lavishes his love on us or shows us how to love on other people. Amen? Hallelujah. God, our provider. I believe that you're going to do this. You're going to go into that throne room boldly, and you're going to receive the provisions of God because he is our provider. You're going to go in now because faith has come through the word of God. You're going to go into their, uh, that throne room more boldly with more confidence and more trust in God, not leaning anymore to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledging him and he'll make straight your path. He'll direct you. He'll show you what you need to do. Amen. I'm just quoting scripture here, but it's the direction of the Holy Spirit of what you need to do. Amen. Amen. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. His word gives us the direction that we need. Shows us what we should be doing so we can receive this. Hallelujah. I'm excited. I'm going to go to the Lord, my provider. Hallelujah. And let me just say this. God's no respecter of persons. What he does for one, he'll do for another, maybe not in the exact same way. But you go before the Lord, God will start imparting to you. Just start lavishing your love on him because you love him. Don't be, uh, I mean, don't be afraid to ask, but, but do it out of a heart that you're just coming before the Lord to love on him. And then and go ahead and ask. Ask for whatever it is you, you need, and he'll supply it. He'll provide it. 
and your joy will be full. You will be able to testify. Once you've asked, have confidence that he will provide. Amen? Once you've asked, have confidence that he will supply. Hallelujah. God loves you so much. He loves you so much that he gave the biggest provision that you could ever, ever need, and that was Jesus Christ. Amen? And we didn't deserve it. And so if he gave us the biggest provision and we didn't even deserve that, how much more will he give us the things that we need in this life? If he'll clothe the lilies of the field and feed the birds of the air, aren't you more important than they are? We are. So have confidence when you go before the Lord and trust him. Amen. Father, we just thank you and praise you for encouraging us through your word. We thank you, God, that you're our provider, Jehovah Jireh. You're the provider of not just the financial, not just the natural things that we need, but you're the provider of the peace. You're the provider of joy. You're the provider of, of encouragement and grace and strength. You're the provider of wisdom and knowledge. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that as we come into your throne room, Lord, as we seek you and your kingdom above all else, Lord, that you start adding these things that, that we have desires or needs for, Father, that they just start being lavished upon us, Lord. Father, I just pray right now, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to us as our provider in a greater and supernatural way. In Jesus' name. And Father, I just pray tonight for the, the tithes and offerings. Father, I just speak a blessing upon the giver and the gift and every seed that is sown. Father, I thank you that your word does say, give and it shall be 